It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the Fan Sided Network, as well as FinFanatic.com. Uh, we are wrapping up the end of preseason. The Dolphins, in dramatic fashion, defeat the Cincinnati Bengals 29 to 26. Uh, Reed Sinet connects with Chris Myrick on a 34-yard touchdown with 132 remaining here. But that may not be the biggest story right now, Paul, because as at the time that we get on here, Drew Rosenhaus puts out a video that essentially says that the Dolphins are very interested in Deshaun Watson. There have been multiple reports this week about that, and I know people don't want to talk about it. And look. We're not doing our job here if we don't bring this this stuff up here. And, and if you can't deal with it, sorry. I mean, <laughs> that that's what it comes down to right now. So, you know, it, basically Drew Rosenhaus says that uh, the Dolphins have the ability and are the front runners to acquire one of the best players in the NFL. Is that just agent speak? Or, I don't know, Paul, this is so fresh. What a... Uh, what do you think is going on here? Um, it's a lot to digest the the thought of it. I mean, I have trouble, and I'm sure the Dolphins do too, giving up what was it, three first rounders and two second rounders that the Texans want uh, for a guy that may not be allowed to play for a good long time. Um, and that's where one of my thoughts on it is: you really, as crappy as it sounds, you can't give up Tua. Because if Watson can't play and you've loaded your team up for the playoffs, I, I like Jacoby Brissett, and obviously Reed Sinet got it done tonight against against the Bengals, uh, first, second, third, fourth, and ninth string. Um, but you're basically just coring out your, your quarterback position if Watson can't play, and if it's for a really prolonged period of time, you're really not in position to go after somebody early for a while again. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with their performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Ready for an out-of-this-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. So we'll keep our eyes on this here, and uh, coring out the quarterback position if it doesn't work out is exactly right, what you just said there. 
And also what Drew Rosenhaus said in this clip is contingencies based on his legal situations. And that's exactly right, too, because, you know, it, it can't be glossed over what he's being accused of. There, there's no doubt about that. But it also can't be glossed over what his talent level is. This is one of the most talented players in the NFL. He's 25 years old. He doesn't have an unreasonable contract. And it's clear at this point that the Texans, he is not going to play for the Houston Texans again. Um, and then on the other hand, we've had this whole summer of being excited about Tua. So there are so many things in play here. Um, I don't know. So let me ask you this. Uh, say that if over the next couple of days, it becomes clear that uh, Watson is going to be able to play or gets absolved of what he's been accused of. Let, let's just say that hypothetically. Um, would you give up Tua and two first rounders for Deshaun Watson if that were to happen? Right now? Uh, so you said hypothetically he gets 100% cleared? Yes. 100% cleared without a shadow of a doubt, without it lingering over him. Yes. Um, but if there's any shade or hair of this hanging over him, I do not want him on this team, as you notice just pointed out. Um, and one of the things that I preach to my kids when, when I'm coaching is there are things that are bigger than football. And I'm okay with a player being somewhat of a scumbag uh, they can be kind of a crummy human being I'm not okay with certain lines being passed and I, I really I, I'll always root for the Dolphins but I would have trouble rooting for a guy that has multiple molestation or worse charges hanging over his head against 20-something women um, or you know, I, I don't care if it's women or men or you name it that he's got this against it, it's, it would be a very very big struggle for me to root for the guy even though I'd be rooting for my team and it would basically it would basically turn some of the Dolphins front office into hypocrites if he is not 100% in the clear based on things like Bullygate and their zero tolerance policies and their equality rise initiative and everything else that the Dolphins have put out there and Steve Ross has put out there that they stand for. It's a very hard pill to swallow and to look at this franchise's front office and go, you're full of crap at that point. Yeah, that, I think that's totally fair. And, you know, uh, something I tweeted before was, you know, it, you can, on one hand, believe that the physical skills of Deshaun Watson, what he's accomplished in this league, is far superior than what we can expect Tua to do. That's fair to say. And it's also fair to say, too, that uh, you completely respect the the accusations against him and want to see that be played out, too. Like, we live in this world where, like, two things can't be true at one time. and. Right. So we'll see. Anyway, I, I, I know people don't don't want to talk about that and people No, but it's legit. It, it, it you know it really is. And and 
you know, I know this is a little more somber note than we usually take on this channel, but it, it's in reality, I want to see if they're going to make a move for Watson, I want it to be next year. Um, and I think, I think that's what's going to happen too, because I, I, and, and the way I look at it, if something were to happen, it's because it's a much, much higher level of the trade that happened with Josh Rosen is you would have a front office that is clearly obsessed with value and obtaining players for less than what you could possibly get them at. And that's gotten this organization in trouble before. I mean, look, they threw away a second rounder for Josh Rosen. Let's be honest. They traded for Isaiah Wilson. Uh, they, you know, they swapped seventh round picks, but they, they traded a fifth rounder for Matt Breida. But when you start adding those things all up, it's, it's, it's actually not good value at the end of the day. So I, I think this is an organization that really prioritizes value. And typically I'd like that. I don't know. There, there's so many things up in the air here. So we will put a pin in that right now, but we wanted to bring that up. Um, yeah. And one, one quick comment on our chat here. It, it's, it's not really breaking a report that another reporter confronted a general manager. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. That that's not that's not breaking the news. It's the reporter that confronted the GM that that's breaking their news. Yeah, and if anybody doesn't want a part of Watson right now, I understand. I, I really do, and that's that's where I'm going to leave it at. Um, <laughs> so now we're going to transition to on a happier Dolphins. note. The Dolphins traded for Greg Mance. <laughs> Same thing. Um, th so a couple of roster moves here. The Dolphins traded uh, a a sixth round pick, or excuse me, a seventh round pick to the Ravens. No, I'm getting this all confused. I see I'm uh, miscombobulated here. The Dolphins traded a sixth round pick to the Ravens for a seventh rounder and Greg Mance, who is a backup center slash guard, spent several years with the Texans, a really good, valuable backup type. Um, and also played with offensive coordinator George, George Gotzi as well. This certainly does not bode well for Matt Skira and uh, Cameron Tom. It looks like they're kind of angling for Greg Mance to be the backup interior swing man for all three line positions. Possibly, but I thought Cam Tom had a decent game against the Bengals tonight. Your old guy, Cam Tom. God, uh, you said Cam Oh, you said Cam Tom. You did. You said Cam Tom. I sure did. Oh, I, sure did. I got you with it. Yes. But, no, seriously, I mean, it, it's Skippy Skura's own ability kind of led to this trade, I think. And it was a low-risk, high-reward trade. I mean, it, it. this is more commensurate with the Chris Greer types of trades that we typically see, where it's getting the value like you talked about. And, you know, maybe Mance, Mance takes over the backup center job. Maybe Cam Tom stinks or sticks, yes, yeah, stinks. Um, or maybe Cam ends oh, up on does. the practice squad. We will, we will see. But I think this is a death knell for the career of Skippy Skura. Yeah, I, I think he ends up getting the axe. I think Cameron Tom does too. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, and also Vince Beagle. I was really rooting for this guy to come back. But he goes on injured reserve. I'd be shocked if we ever see him in a Dolphins uniform again. Uh, to me, this really solidifies either 
Jason Strobridge or Brennan Scarlett being on the team because <clears throat> the Dolphins are going to need a little bit more help there at the edge position. Um, yeah, I mean, but one question I, I, I wanted to ask you too, Paul, is based on this Dolphins Bengals game, is there anybody that you're moving up to your 53 man roster or down from your 53 man roster? I've got a few opinions for myself. I've got Larnell Coleman a lot more on the bubble tonight than I did going into this game. I still think they look at the long-term potential and I, I will say Dokes's value moved up slightly. Um, it will be very interesting to see if the Dolphins look at it and we'll go back to Tannehill and Matt Moore, where if it's close, they go to the young guy with the upside as opposed to the guy that we, you already know who he is. And if they see Dokes' upside ahead of Malcolm Brown, that could be something that slides a little bit and lets Dokes take, take over. Uh, and then I realistically saw the possibility for what I said in my, my last 53-man projection which is finding a way to keep Malcolm Perry, and even if you're listing him as a running back, and keep Kirk Merritt as well, somebody that I was super high on last year, really liked all through last season. Uh, I think you recall I, I was hoping they'd pull him up to the active roster a few times, and now he's setting the preseason on fire. Yeah, I mean, there are going to be a lot of interesting decisions at the bottom of this roster, and I think... You, today did nothing but complicate things uh, as the fourth running back Patrick Laird versus uh, Jared Dokes is going to be going to be a very interesting one Jared Dokes ran very hard today you know 16 carries 55 yards not a great yards you know not a great average there but had two touchdowns and and ran really hard and is, is projects to be very good in pass protection Patrick Laird slips out there a couple of times and makes them plays in the passing game, which we've seen here over the last three years too. Um, and Jordan Scarlett made a couple of plays too. He's somebody I hope the Dolphins really do get back on the practice squad. Um, there in that uh, at wide receiver, Kirk Merritt versus Preston Williams did not get any easier today if those are the two guys battling. It got a lot easier for position. me. Okay. Uh, it, it's... I'm I'm basically in camp Preston who at the moment unless they're going to do what they did with Beagle and stash him on IR. Uh, I, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm still st I'm going with Preston Williams still. And if you look earlier in the game too, he gained separation on the first drive of the game, and he was missed. And I think he's the more talented player. And I keep going back to this. Same thing with the Landon Roberts at linebacker. I don't think the Dolphins would have would have them in the spot to compete for a roster spot now if they weren't truly considering them uh, or if they weren't in the lead to make it. I see Kirk Merritt being one of the final people cut, and I hope the Dolphins get him back on the practice squad. That's just my prediction right now. So what I would like to see, to be honest with you, is – the Dolphins find a way to stash Preston on IR and really have their conditioning um, folks, et cetera, at the facility 
work with him on durability and see if there's anything that they can do in that regard. My big issue there isn't just Preston Williams' durability, and I'm going to go back to something you tweeted as part of this, cat. Um, it's not just Preston Williams' durability. It's the durability of Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, etc. And one thing you tweeted a week ago was that you projected that um, Isaiah Ford would still catch a, a touchdown pass at some point later in the year uh, for the <laughs> Dolphins. And you may not be wrong if all they keep on the active roster are, are you know, the walking wounded. Um, you've got to keep some guys with some durability that have some upside, and that's where I think guys like Kirk Merritt and Malcolm Perry come into play. Yeah, and Malcolm Perry uh, played well today. I mean, four catches, 69 yards, also uh, caught that pass for the two-yard conversion or two-point conversion. I mean – that was a two-yard, two-point conversion. So you're, it was you're a two-yard, two-point conversion. So yeah, I've, I'm, I'm, my brain is mush right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's somebody that you know we've talked about his versatility as a wildcat quarterback, at running back, and as a slot player too. I mean, it, he is a very rosterable player. And when you look at the rest of the Dolphins roster here and, and wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, you have an overabundance of rosterable players. I mean, Duke Riley got beat today by um, uh, Chris. I, I'm, I know I'm saying uh, I'm trying to it's it's uh, Chris. It's not Chris Henry because that was the Bengals first round pick a few years ago. But Chris, somebody. Um, Are you thinking of Josh Harvey Clemens? No, no. I'm thinking uh, um Duke Riley was beat uh, today by uh, by the Bengals running back, oh, sixth oh. round pick out of Michigan, for that uh, for that long touchdown, the twenty seven yard touchdown. But he continues to be in the right place, but not make the play. Um, and, but he's somebody too that has experience in this league, and if he gets cut, he's going to end up on another roster somewhere. Josh Harvey Clemens is another interesting one. I thought the the Washington football team got a very good player a couple of years ago when they drafted him in the seventh round. And after his rookie year, I thought they got an absolute steal. He's never taken his game to the next level, but I thought he looked really good out there at linebacker today. Yeah. Another one I thought looked good in this game and, and this is staying on the defensive side of the ball is, is Jason Strobridge. I, I think he is starting to show up a little more and more on tape and could be one of those guys that steals a bottom of the roster spot. He pushed the pocket on a few occasions, um, you know, and, and there's and some of those were plays that don't show up in the stat sheet. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think there could be a place for Strobridge on this roster after all. Chris Evans is who I was thinking of. Oh, Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Strobridge is somebody who can, if you're looking for somebody to replace. <clears throat> the Shaq Lawson type, uh, then Jason Strobridge fits more of that bill, even though he doesn't have elite physical skills. And by the way, Shaq Lawson was traded today from the Texans to the New York Jets to replace Carl Lawson, who was out for the year. So, Paul, I think you said it perfectly before we, we jumped on here that basically the Texans agreed to trade Bernardrick McKinney, who's looked really good in camp, 
for a late what a, a sixth Six round draft pick now. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's the Texans never met a trade they don't they can't lose, uh, and that that's where I also think that this Deshaun Watson thing is bunk. Um, it just it yeah the, <laughs> I I name a trade that the Texans have won in the past four years at this point. I'll, I'll yeah, wait. No. It's, it's a really long list of nope uh, as far as that goes. And, and then they said this year that we're going to basically trade for and sign 35 different dudes who aren't good for about $3 million a year each to create competition. Now, you, you don't win by creating competition. You win by acquiring stars. Yeah, I mean, you... You do. You can win by creating competition, but there has to actually be talent to the competition, as far Correct. as that goes. Correct. Exactly right. Um, uh, on a on more of a down note, from what we saw today, was not. If there's somebody that really hurt themselves today, it was Larnell Coleman. I mean, yeah. we talked about as somebody as as him as somebody that was really securely on this team as as somebody that you know the Dolphins only had seven draft picks this year and. Larnell Coleman was one of them and he looked the part in his first few games, but he did not today. I mean, the first drive alone, he, uh, he allowed a batted pass as well as a sack on third down. I mean, that ruins the drive and that's unacceptable. If you're trying to be an NFL caliber offensive tackle, Larnell Coleman was not that today hurt himself. I mean, not just on that first drive, but several other drive, uh, other drives here today, and I got to say, too, from what I saw, uh, uh, Quarez Nito and um, Robert Jones, I thought looked really good from what I've seen. I've got to dig a little bit deeper uh, into that tape, but they looked really good. And every time I see them on the on the field, they look the part at that inside offensive line spot. So that could be an interesting decision on Tuesday when rosters cut down to 53. Yeah, no, I, I, I did like Jones, and I did like Nito. Uh, Nito's a guy I think we've talked about on almost every episode, and that says something at this point. Uh, he's a guy that tends to be to pop out when he gets his opportunities. Now, one guy, and I'm glad this came up in chat as well, that didn't really help himself a tremendous amount today is Noah Igbenogany. Um Just, ugh, at this point. I mean, if, if, if the Texans really want to create competition we've got a handful of guys we'll trade them for some draft picks um, give them Igbenogany uh, Larnell Coleman uh, hell I'll throw in Sam Egwavon and uh, you know a handful Wait, of others Sam Egwavon how does he get on that list ah, just you know trying to add something that did something this preseason to make it sparkly when you okay hit. okay then he's the he's the he's the the care that you're dangling. He's the jewel of, uh, okay. you know, after that, his, his four sack one Absolutely safety. terrible trade offer. What's uh, that? Of that terrible trade offer. <laughs> but then again, that's why the Texans would probably accept it. It's, yeah. the, it's the Texans. It, it, you know, they, they might be that just Madden computer that just goes, ah, not really. And you just go, no, force trade. And they go, okay. Yeah, you have to change the settings for that. Right. Um, Set it on so, rookie and accept all trades. Yeah, when it comes to Igbenogany, uh, two things just just come out. Hey, look, I know the guy's young, but 
Except I've got Jamal first. Perry ahead of him, if that tells you anything. Right Speaking now. of which, Jamal Perry did not have a good game either. Uh, he dropped an easy interception, and he allowed that touchdown that put the Bengals up, uh, what, 26 to 14 with with seven minutes left. So he, he didn't do great either today. So, it, it, you know, I don't know. Uh, Troy Williams care. also let up a long, a long catch too, and this is part of the reason why – the Bengals were able to put up so many points here in the second and third quarter. Um, but knowing Benogity, every time I watch him, two things come to mind. Let's up way too many passes. And even if he continues to improve incrementally, I don't know if he's ever going to get to a spot where I think he can be a starting caliber cornerback. He's one of those examples of somebody who has all the bright, shiny athleticism but may not actually be an NFL football player. I agree. I agree. It's- and that's... He's that got all the measurements. Like that sucks to say. Um, it does. It, it's it's like Jamar Chase appeared to be tonight. Jamar Chase looked like a pretty bad bust for the Bengals. I think. Uh, he the only action I saw him in was uh, as he tried to catch a bubble screen and it went right <laughs> off his hands and and got the last slapped around by Needham. The last preseason game for the Bengals, he had three drops. I mean. You know, not being able to create separation. I, I, I'll be the first to admit I underlooked this with well, Jamar Chase because I, I was a bit. I, he was my number one wide receiver. Is when you can't separate effectively, it starts to create a lot of problems um, with being able to. Yeah, but he's Mister Contested Leverage, and yeah, yeah. And not so far. He, he can't he, do uncontested catches. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, got slapped around by Nicky Needham. Did he? I mean, yeah, uh, on that bubble screen that he messed up. Oh, yeah, he did. He literally got slapped around by ne- 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 Needham slapped him and ran over him and freaking like it was a Looney Tunes cartoon. <laughs> he, yeah. One other thing, uh, another shout-out I'll give here is to Khalil McLean. I mean, somebody we is a bottom-of-the-roster guy, an undrafted guy out of Troy. Um, three catches for 57 yards and had a really nice catch today along the sideline on a third and 15 um, not going to make the roster, but somebody, maybe he can get to the bottom of the practice squad now, or maybe he got enough attention today to, you know, uh, get on the radar of another team in the NFL here. So uh, kudos to him as well. We had a Carl Tucker sighting, by the way, he was on the field. Yeah, he was, he was at fullback. He, he, uh, he was the seventh tight end. Uh, today, um, he no chance. Don't even. I will consider it a personal insult if he uh, if he's even on the practice squad at this point. What, what, what are you keeping a fullback on the practice squad for? No way anybody is going to do that. He's Emergency gone. relief for the fullback on the main roster. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even wait until Tuesday to cut to cut Carl Tucker. It would be on Monday, and he would be the only guy. That got cut on Monday. It, it would be a tough day for him, but it would be a good day for me. You know, you know what's going to happen, Cat, is we're going to find out Carl Tucker watches the show, and the second he makes the roster, he's going to send you a Carl Tucker jersey because he doesn't watch religiously enough to realize that he's jinxing himself by giving you his jersey. That that would be fair. Um, I think I have a Charles Clay thirty-one jersey somewhere uh, in my closet that. I probably got right before that he was signed by the Bills, so I could just tape over that and you know come at me with on it. 
You need new numbers though too. You got to tape over the main number with a thirty-one. Yeah, certainly yeah. do. Uh, Paul, anything else that uh, jumps out here tonight uh, before we get to Tuesday, where the Dolphins cut down to fifty-three? Um, I think guys like Benito Jones had a good game, but it's just it, it's the situation is there's a log jam in front of them. But with a big, bright, shiny game like, game like this, there are a handful of guys that may be tradable fodder for another another team's roster. Even if it's just for a late round pick, uh, you know, Reed Sinet had a great game, but he can't make this roster with with what they've got in front of him. Uh, there were a handful of receivers, like you mentioned, Khalil McClain, that I think had a good game that don't have a chance at the roster. Uh, I like that there was a Hunter Long signing; he looked pretty good, even even though he didn't put up a huge stat line. Um, Hunter Long dropped a pass that he's got to catch yeah um and I'll, I'll tell you this too he's got a lot of proving to do to me as far as being that player that was so much better than durham Smythe and so much better than adam shaheen that you had to draft him early in the third round i'm going to keep going back to that i hope he is that guy but we'll see he, he look he's a rookie so well and, and he's also had a, he's also had a really good training camp too. So I'm not yeah. taking that away from him. So, but he's got to he's got to be really good with his skill set to justify that pick with what's on the roster. And I I think that's going to be hard to do for him. I think he's got the skill set. I think he's going to get the opportunities. Um, one thing that I thought was cool as well was. Jalen Phillips, we really got a sneak peek of how they plan to use him this year, even in limited action. And, you know, he played on both sides. He played off ball. He played on ball. He played standing. He played hand in the dirt and even dropped in coverage. And that was pretty cool to see, especially for his first action, because I only expect his role to increase. And he's a guy that really personifies this positionless front that Miami likes to run. Absolutely. Very well said on that. And, uh, Joe Rose called him the dancing seven uh, of, along the front seven. Is because they're always jumping around from position to position. Very well said. And Jalen Phillips does fit that because he can move from one side of the, de- of the defensive line to the other. He can drop back into coverage. He can rush up the middle. He can rush to the outside. He's not going to be that, you know, fly around the edge type of uh, defensive end like Cameron Wake was. That's not necessarily his skill set, but he's so good in a lot of different areas that as long as the concussion problems don't come back up again, I, I, I love this pick and I still do. And, and, and today you started to see a little bit more uh, as to why. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of encouraging things here. Glad the Dolphins came away with a win, especially in the fashion they did. Typically, I don't give a crap about the third preseason game. It was exciting, though. But yeah, when uh, on fourth and fifteen, when uh, Reed Sinet goes back and after Lord L. Coleman completely whiffs on a block, and and uh, he rolls out and and connects with uh, Chris Myrick, who's been on the team for three years now, and he has an amazing catch. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. And Reed Sinet has the ability to be a more entertaining version of Jake Rudock. That's that's kind of where where we're at on him right now. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, no, Reed Sinet was fun to watch tonight. He made some things out of nothing at times. He got a little creative, 
and it really was fun to watch him play, even though mm, he's probably a practice squad player again after this game. And uh, I'm glad you brought up uh, Benito Jones, too, because I felt so bad for him. He had a 15-yard personal foul penalty that should not have been called. It was probably the best rep I've ever seen him take. Uh, He absolutely stacked and shedded the Bengals' interior offensive line, came through to the quarterback, perfect hit on the quarterback, and was called for a 15-yard penalty because basically he hit the quarterback too hard. Um, you know, it, it. I I hope he gets back on the practice squad too, um, but we'll see. And that's going to do it for a breakdown of the Bengals Dolphins final preseason game. I'm Brian Cat NFL Paulus Fanatic underscore Pick. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the Fan Sided Network and the FinFanatic.com website. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the Fin side. <laughs>